All right, are you ready for the word? Boy, three people. Okay, I'm adding five minutes to the sermon. Anybody ready for the word? Amen, amen. I've been enjoying preaching on faith and, and people, and I know, that you're, I know that many of you are looking to be going, I mean, this is like your, your primary subject in this church. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Because the just live by faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. He has a whole, whole chapter in the Bible on the heroes of faith. And there's a reason for that. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And it, and everything that you do, everything that you have, everything in your future is totally dependent on your faith in God. And a lot of times people will think, well, isn't that a subject? No, it's the subject. It's the subject. And, and God created the worlds by faith. And then he gave you a measure of his faith. So it, it is an important subject. And it's also, I think, I still think it's a misunderstood subject. And um, so I want to talk about today, and we're going to, I want to go down a different vein this morning. We've been talking about your mouth and all of that, but I want to talk about the enemy or enemies to your faith. Is it possible for your faith not to work? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Superman has his kryptonite, and you better not be jumping off a building if you've been hanging around kryptonite because you're coming down. And, you know, and I remember the, the movie. I'm one of these movie guys. I don't watch them all the time. But even Batman beat up Superman because he went and got him a handful of kryptonite and made sure. So you understand that the devil knows who you are. He knows what you have. He knows the ability you have. And he would like nothing more than your faith to not work. And he works on you. And I want you to know how he does it. Thank you. I want you to know him. I want you to know how he trips you up. Because every one of us know it's possible to take the God kind of faith and walk in health. It's possible to prosper. It's possible to live a victorious life. But it's not probable for everyone because you need to understand how faith works. And then is, if you have an enemy, are you aware that he's there? So again, go to Mark eleven twenty two, 22, the scripture that Kenneth Hagin put in the Bible. He didn't. Jesus said it. And if Jesus hadn't have said this, we would have thought he had, you know, just to make a statement like he made, you'd think someone was crazy. You can have what you say. Or your tongue is controlling your life, good and bad. If you don't like what your life is, change what you're thinking about, change what you're talking about. And that's an incredible statement. Circumstances are not ruling you. The storm doesn't rule the ship. The pilot rules the ship. You rule, not circumstances. Bad stuff happens to everybody. But it doesn't mean that you allow the winds and the waves to blow you where they want you to go. You make a decision on where you go and what you do. And within, with saying that, you know, people look at me and going, you mean all of my problems are not the problem? That is correct. 
I didn't say it wasn't a problem. I just said it's not determining your outcome. All right, boy, that's good. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. So, so having said that, you and I can have a good life. So Mark 11, 22, and I'm going to read all the way down to 26 now. Jesus answered and said, have faith in God. Or we've been talking about have the faith of God or have faith like God has faith. And then we know in Romans, God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. God gave you a measure of his faith. That's, that's, there's only one group of people, humans, are the only ones on the earth that have a measure of God's faith. Animals don't have it. Demons don't have it. Angels don't have it. You do. That's a powerful statement. That puts you in a complete different class. So when you were in school, they said you're either plant or animal. They lied. You're neither plant nor animal. You are made in the image of Almighty God to walk like God and to act like God and to rule and reign on the earth just like the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you're going to ask me, well, then what's going on with me? Well, let's talk about it. But you can have that if you want it. But you have to understand some things about it. So Jesus is fixing to talk about how faith works. And then he's going to make a statement at the end. And we're going to read that. Now listen to this. Have faith in God. Surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast in the sea. And does not doubt in his heart, but believe the things he says will be done. He'll have what he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them. And you shall have them. And when you stand praying... If you have anything against anybody, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. If you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you. We're going to come back to that in a few. But before that, I want to read some stuff. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and pop it up on the screen. Just pop it up there, and we're going to study faith. We're going to study how many of you want your faith to work? You can change your life. You can, you can change your income. You, I don't care what you feel like right now, you can change it. I don't care what the doctor said, you, you, your faith can change anything. Because Jesus said it would. All right. We walk by faith and not by sight. So I, I'm going to say some things here, and if you're taking notes, take them. Faith is a lifestyle. It is not a parachute that you wear when you get in trouble and you're going to jump out and go, I'm going to pull my parachute because I'm having a bad day. If faith is not a life, it won't work. That's a powerful statement. Your arm is not something you use when you need it. Your arm is something you'd better be using all the time. And you can strengthen it if you want to, and if you do not use it, you will lose it. If you're not using your faith every day of your life, don't come to me and say, my doctor gave me a report, I need prayer. Because it won't work. Thank you. Thank you. We are walking by faith. Faith is a life you committed to when you got born again. Now, I'm going to use several analogies here, and I want you to, to please pay attention to what I'm going to say. There came a day when Lisa and I got married, 
And, you know, there's things we didn't do. I'm not having children with a woman and there's no commitment. And she doesn't need to be giving me her body and I have made her no commitment. Because the children we're going to bear need a mother and a father who are committed. The reason the commitment comes before sex is because after sex, your commitment is going to be challenged greatly. I'm going to say something to y'all and don't fall out. Had I not committed to her, I wouldn't be married to her. She's a handful. And she will look at you and go, vice versa. The boys and my daughters benefit greatly from the fact that I looked at you and said, I will be a husband to you. I didn't say I'd be a husband to you if, if you please me. I didn't say I'd be a husband to you if everything goes right, because it didn't. I said, I'll be a husband to you, and my commitment is based on me, not on her. I stay faithful to my marriage because I am a good man. That's good preaching. Your Christianity isn't worth a dime. If there's no commitment, we're not here to entertain you on Sunday morning and to thrill you. I don't have a song and dance for you every Sunday. I cannot take Lisa to dinner and date her like I did when we were dating in order to keep her happy. She needs to get happy whether I thrill her or not. Her commitment to me needs to be because of her character. Your commitment to God is your commitment to him, not to this church, not to the people in this room. Your faithfulness to God is because of your love for God. If you're unfaithful to God and church and the word, it's your lack of love for God. It's your lack of faith. Boy, that'll preach in America, but most people don't like that. But it's true anyway. God put you in a church so you would be around people who irritate you. I'm preaching better than you're amening. What Betty May said the other night on the video is true. First year of this church, I quit every Sunday. I flat quit. You know, and I, I say this in grace, the pastor before me, you know, he stole some money and did some wrong things. And some of the people, not all of them, but some of them, decided that all pastors are just lying dogs and crooks. And I walked into it, and they just gave me hell. And I decided I wasn't going to put up with that crap. Don't shout me down. And so every Sunday, I quit. It took Monday till God got me right. I just started taking Monday off. But the church and the people was the reason I was here. And I had to have a greater love for God than I did anything else. It was my commitment to God that kept me. That is faith. That's good preaching. That's good preaching. Today, one of the biggest issues in church is that your faithfulness to God is you're basing it on circumstances. It hasn't got anything to do with circumstances. God is faithful to you. Anybody can love God. 
Loving people, oh, help me, Jesus. People are tough. But the people that are tough are just like you. Amen. And God puts us together because iron does sharpen iron. Diamonds cut diamonds. You're better for being around goofy Christians than you were without us. Because then you get to use your love walk and faith works by love. Your love walk is not going to work without faith. And your faith is not going to work without commitment. And that's a decision you made. Well, don't shout me down. The world right now, 80% of the world, 80% is not saved. 80%. And they're going to hell because they don't want God to have anything to do with their life. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. 80% of of Christians are uncommitted to God. 80% of people call themselves Christians. And then they want to know why their faith don't work. Pastor, doctor gave me a bad report. Lay your hands on me. It won't work. It isn't going to work. Now, he may have mercy on you. You may have an evangelist come through with the gifts of the Spirit and pray for you and get you healed. But I'm going to tell you something. If you don't do something with it right there, don't come, look, don't come back here. And, and, and your attitude is your attitude. Your attitude is your attitude. Has nothing to do with anybody else. That's, we're going to get over into, uh, into dealing with people and ought in a few minutes. Now, I've got a couple more illustrations. You all ready? Now, say amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord, thank you. Okay, all right. Luke, Luke 9, 62. Put it on screen. Put it on screen. We'll wait on, we'll wait here in a minute. Love is patient and kind. And Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Nobody. You put, now, 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 let's talk about this. I want you to imagine here for just a moment. You have some young men in the church that say they want to go out for college football. Now, well, that's good. And we're on XYZ team. Don't walk up to the coach and hand him your schedule. Because he could care less about your schedule. Do not expect to miss the last four practices and go out and believe God for a win. You will not win that game. What you're doing on the practice field is what you do in real life. Listen, what you're doing every day of your life is determining when the battle comes. If you're not committed to the team, if you're not committed, you say, well, I didn't feel. It doesn't matter how you felt. If you say, I'm playing for the, well, let's name, I'm, I pick on the Bulldogs, I pick on them all the time, Gators and all that. Um, who, who, who'd y'all play for? What was it? South Carolina or... Clemson, Clemson. Don't say South Carolina, Clemson. Now, I want you to tell me that you just looked at your coach and said, you know, something came up. No. Why do you do it to the Lord? Do you really think that works? It does not. And we're just talking football. We're not even talking Christianity. If your commitment to Jesus isn't any more than a football game, there's not a whole lot to you. All right, I'm going to use another illustration. Let's say that you walk into a Marine Corps center and say, I want to be Marine. Don't hand him a schedule. Well, you know, the first day of deer hunting, I won't be here. And then my birthday, I won't be here. And my mama told me, no, stop. You're not doing Marine. 
you are Marine. And you now give your mother your schedule. She don't give you yours. And you don't give the, the commanding officer your schedule. He gives you yours. And when you get born again, the head of the church just changed your whole life and gave you your schedule. If you're not in love with the Word of God, you don't love the Lord. If you don't love church, you don't love the Lord. If you don't love people, you don't love the Lord. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. Faith is something you're going to use every single day of your life, or when it comes time to have it, you don't have any. That's, that's tough. See, listen, and I, and I want you to understand something. You walk out here today, you're not ever going to hear anybody preach like this. They just don't do it anymore because they're afraid they'll lose your tithe. Well, my faith's not in you. Never has been in you. If it was, I'd be crazy. My faith is in God, and I have faith in God, and my God meets all of my needs according to his riches, not the people who sit here, whether they like me or not. Woo, thank you, Jesus. But I'm telling you what works. I'm telling you what works and what doesn't work. You become a Marine, you are a Marine. I'm a Marine. And you go to war, and you fight, and that's what you do. And you read the manual, and you do exactly what you're told, and you make up the bed the way they tell you to make up your bed, and you shine your shoes the way, and you clean your gun when they say clean your gun, and you go to bed, and you wake up in the morning when they tell you to. And when you get born again, what do you think changed? Faith works by love. Faith, if you don't love God and love your Bible, you don't have any faith. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Now, listen to me. I'm not going to entertain you to keep you. I will promise you this. You come to the church, you'll have days you'll go, whoa, what a great service. And you'll have days going, God, he made me mad. All he did was just made me mad. But you're married, aren't you? You ever had days your spouse just made you mad, just made you mad? You know, I don't know whether y'all know this or not, but Lisa and I have had talks Everything hasn't gone well. There's days we have serious talks because we were raised different. I'm preaching better than your amen. That's okay. Go to, go to Matthew 18 now. I'm going to get off of that and say amen again if you want. Just say amen. Your commitment is your faith. Now, I will tell you this. Our boys, thank God, I'm committed. Our boys, thank God, she's committed. And I'm going to tell you this. You get married, you will have every opportunity in the world to walk. That's the reason you make a commitment first. The reason you made a commitment the day you got born again is because Satan is going to do everything in his power to take you out. Make up your mind right now on what you're going to do, not if trouble comes, but when. Say, I walk by faith, not by sight. 
We walk by obedience to the word of God. Amen. Amen. It's a lifestyle. All right. Now, let's go back to what he said. Go to, now, go to Matthew 18, and we're going to talk about ought. Jesus said, if you have ought against any. Do you know what ought is? Anything. Anybody. Anything. Have you ever had anybody do you wrong? Have you ever had anybody on purpose, maliciously, selfishly do you wrong? We all have. We all have. Do you understand that'll hinder your faith faster than anything else? One brother made a statement, said 80% of all Christians are offended. 80. 80%. Hang around a church long enough. Somebody will tick you off. Well, what you do is you. You can, listen, I'm, if I'm committed, why are you not? Well, Pastor, you don't know what they did. I can tell you stories that'll curl your hair of Christians. And some of them I've struggled with. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. Now, I will tell you about me a little bit. Let me just tell you about I don't have a problem with women. I have one more than enough. I don't know how anybody in the world could handle two. Mormons are crazy. I don't have a problem with lust. I don't have a problem with greed. I never coveted your money. Don't care. But man, have I had a hard time with unforgiveness. Lisa can forgive and forget in a day, in a minute, in 10 minutes. I will too this month. I, I just, I, I just, now I'm talking about me. I'm not talking about you. I'm kind of hoping y'all relate just a little tiny bit. But you know, I mean, I, I, I just can't, I have a hard time with stupid. I do. I just, that's stupid. Why'd you do that? You dumb thing, you. Why'd you do it? Um, let me make a statement. Anything, anybody. If, if I'm going to tell you, if there's one reason why you've seen me struggle, I'll guarantee you it's something somebody done me. It's, Lisa will go, that's true. Never mind. So I have scriptures in the Bible that I have to, I have to read them for me. To keep me straight. Because I, Brother Hagen made a statement. He said, I've never allowed the slightest amount of animosity to remain in my heart. And I went, I have. <laughs> Kenny, am I the only one here? I mean, I just feel like I'm condemned right now. Everybody's like, yeah, you're bad. Am I the only one in here that's ever struggled with somebody done me wrong? Good God Almighty. But why do you think the devil does that? Well, he knows me. He knows what pushes my buttons. And I have buttons, or I had. I had. I had to read a love book to get rid of buttons. And I have to still read it. 
You know, Lisa and I have had talks about Mark Hankins. I love Mark's preaching. I love Mark's personality. But Mark had better stay in the love book because Mark can get off the tracks. If it wasn't for love, Mark would be a handful. All great leaders have a tendency. Never mind. I said great leaders. <laughs> Matthew 18. Come on, I'm, uh, come on, come on. Matthew 18, 21. Peter came and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him seven times? And he said, no, not seven times, seven times 70. And he went, oh, dear God, help me with my faith. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven, like a certain king, wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he began to settle accounts, he was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. That's somewhere between 26 and about $30 billion. Now, let me ask you a question. When you got born again, what was your debt? It was huge. It was so high, you couldn't pay it. Now, before you get haughty with other people, when God found me, I was a barefoot redneck. And everything I have, everything I have was grace. I am smart, but it was a gift. Because when he found me, I was dumber than a rock. I am anointed, and it was a gift because I had none. I used to be introvert. I didn't even talk to people. You can tell I've gotten over it. And it's a gift. Think about that a minute. Everything I have was handed to me as a 100% gift to a total loser. You, you too. You too. Every good and every perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights. It comes down on you as a total gift of grace from Almighty God. So you have to think like this when somebody comes along and does the same dumb things you do that you don't like. Just tell me I'm doing pretty good. You just, thank you. All right. I just need to hear you say that. I need a little encouragement right now. Yeah, thank you. He was not able to pay. And the master commanded him be sold, his wife and children, and everybody, and all payment be made. That's eternity in hell. I don't know whether you know that or not. The servant therefore fell down and said, Master, I have patience, and, and I'll pay all. How were you planning on paying this off? How were you planning on paying your debt to God? You have no ability to pay your debt to God. Now, that'll cause pride. If you start thinking you're all that hot, you got some pride issues. Faith won't work with pride. Okay. See, y'all went quiet. That's all right. The master of the servant was moved with compassion and released him and forgave him and canceled the debt. Totally canceled. And he looked at him and said, go home and have a good life. Your debt is canceled. That's you. That's you. Have a good life. 
Don't go live like hell. Have a good life. Don't go back to drugs. Don't go back to homosexuality. Don't go back to adultery. Stop. You've been forgiven all the sin. Walk away and go, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. And the servant went out and found one of his servants that owed him 100 denarii, 18 bucks. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat and said, pay me what you owe me. And the fellow servant fell down on his feet and begged him and said, have patience with me, I'll pay you all. And he would not. Absolutely not. Don't shout me down. Right after, um, when, when I married Lisa, many of you know I, I had a former spouse. And her and I did not see eye to eye on raising the girls. And... I will tell you this, and some of the things that happened, I got very angry, and I felt justified in being angry. Have y'all ever felt that? They did wrong, and dead gummit, they, they knew it. Well, one morning I woke up, my knees don't work, my body doesn't work, and I'm a 30-year-old man who with, has arthritis like a 90-year-old crippled. And I'm 30, what, three? 34. 34. And I can't walk. My knees are in pain. I'm walking along, work, laying block, and I come to a board, and I got to grab my foot and lift it up. I got to swing my feet out in the morning. And I went to God, and I began to pray. Stood on the word of God. By his stripes, I'm healed. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, praise the Lord. You know what happened? Nothing, nothing, nothing. And I went to the Lord, and I said, what, what, what gives? He said, your ex. I went, that. I did. And he said, I want you to forgive her. And I said, I'm busting her in the head with a rock. And then ask you to, then, then we'll come. Just take me under the Old Testament a few minutes. I'll fix this. I'm just, I feel so terrible with all y'all sanctified, holy people. And I'm, Y'all ain't, has anybody ever had anybody just flat out do you wrong? And now I'm sick. And she's bad. I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, I just did. I just decided to play God. And the Lord said, you need to forgive her. How do you do this? Faith in God. You know what I was concerned about? The girls. I have to give that to God. Heavenly Father, I cast the care of this. And then he did one more thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to read this. I'm going to read the rest of this. And we're going to go look at another scripture. Because many of you, l- l- listen, just listen to me. If, if, if you're here, you've had someone do you wrong. We live in a society today where many parents don't keep their marriage. You know who suffers the most? The kids. The kids. We have a lot of people. You've been through stuff, many of you, that you didn't need to go through. And many of you right now are walking with God. You're in here and you have a spouse. And they, and they didn't do right. What they did was wrong. I'm going to tell you this. You better get it under the blood. 
Because it'll flat stop you. Okay. Are we, are we, are we, let me finish reading this. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. And the master, after he called him, said, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt. You begged me. Should you not have had compassion on your fellow servants like I had on you? And the master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he would pay all that was due. All your sins are back. They're all back on you. That's heavy. That's not light. And all because some, some other person did. Say amen. We, ha- we live in a society today where the whole world is mad at somebody. Way too many people mad. Well, what are you going to do about people who, who are angry with you? Well, you don't have to retaliate. Some of you are married to people who are crazy. They're crazy. And it's tough. And I can tell by your face when you walk in. It's tough. Is there an answer? Yeah, there is. Walk by faith. Walk by faith. Can you see your spouse on fire for God when they're a jerk? Can you see your prayers being answered? How's your husband? Fantastic. On fire for God. Loves Jesus. And he just got through chewing you out in the parking lot. Oh, come on, y'all. Let's go. Can you see your druggy children on fire? Can you see it? Can you believe the best? Can you believe the best when people do you wrong? Can you walk in love? Love works by faith, works by your love. Now, as a pastor, I had to see you as you can become, and it took faith. Hello, blessing. You are blessed. Hallelujah. And I'm going, God help them. Some of you are laughing, some of you are crying, some of you don't know what you're going to do. So my heavenly Father would do to each of you, from your heart does not forgive his brother their trespass. Say, I don't want to be there. No, you do not want to be there. Had a lady came to me one day, go to, go to, um, go to Matthew chapter 5. She said, you don't know what they did to me in the 60s. In the 60s? Honey, I would hope you'd be over the 60s. I said, you don't want to know what they did to me 60 minutes ago. (laughs) I told Lisa one day, I said, I am good for you. She said, amen. Ditto. Ditto. Marriage will cure selfishness if you'll stick. It'll cure a lot of dumb stuff. They say iron sharpens iron. Diamonds cut diamonds. I will tell you, I'm a whole lot better man today because I married this woman. But she was a tough, she's a cookie. But she has to be strong. But not with me. (laughs) 
She told me one day, she said, you know the thing that I married you for was your strong personality? She said, the thing I hate about you is your strong personality. <laughs> she said, I love it when you use it on everyone but me. And she's just telling you the truth. That's just true. Amen. I had, to learn, I had to pick up a love book and temper. No, I'm not getting rid of my strong personality. I just need it to be tempered. I need to be a crazy warrior. I just need to temper it. I don't know, I have wallflower. I never have been. I never will be. Y'all can pray all you want to, and I will not be Joel Osteen the next time you see me. But I have learned that love is patient, love is kind, love hardly notices. I have learned to walk in love and, Daryl, don't do that. Don't say that. Don't go down that road. <laughs> Believe the best. Okay. Are y'all ready? Because I'm going to show you the key here. I'm going to give you the key. Matthew 5, um, verse 43. You have heard that it was said you love your enemies and love your neighbor and hate your enemies. I say, love who? Your enemy. This is tough. This is tough. You want to walk? I'll give. I'll tell you what. They, I'm done with them. No, you're not. You're going to go do something real good for them right now. Why? For you. You're going to keep yourself free from strife. I have found people that did things. And I struggled with it for a while. And one day the Lord said, pray for him. I had a hard time with that. For them to be blessed, I forgave them, but I ain't praying them to be blessed. Let's just let it get quiet a minute. It's just, that is probably a very difficult thing. Father, I'm going to ask you to bless them. I forgive them, I ask you to forgive them. And now I'm going to ask you to open up their eyes and bless them. Show them your goodness. And I'll tell you something. When you get here, this is the day you get free from them. What you bless can't harm you. All that they're doing will no longer touch you. That's the reason the Lord said do this. You leave them to God. And trust him. He'll, he'll make sure that they get what they need. But he'll be merciful with them. And, and think about you. How many things have you done and you're glad God was merciful to you? Someone prayed for you. God showed you and you went, okay, i got to make an adjustment. Aren't you glad they prayed for you and not against you? Listen to me. If you don't believe this, your faith won't work. Your faith won't work. And don't think Satan doesn't know it. And this might be <laughs> Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be sons of your father. And he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good. Sends rain on the just and the unjust. If you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors the same. If you greet your brethren only, what do you more than others, even tax collectors? Therefore, you be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, I'm going to tell you a story 
several years ago, and, and, and the group of men that I'm referring to have changed, and they're different now, but in the alliance, the, the ministerial alliance, we had a time when the, the majority of them were not charismatic, Pentecost, tongue-talking, devil chasing the Holy Ghost. And I'm like the only one in there. And they treated me as such. Like, you're one of those. I am. I walked in a meeting one day, and not a person in there said hi. I sat down, and they're talking, and they get up and they leave. Well, I got up and went out in front of them, and I got all of their breakfast tickets, and I bought their breakfast. Now, I didn't want to buy their breakfast. (laughs) I had other thoughts. But somewhere between my thoughts and this scripture kept popping up. And I'm like, these people are jerks. Buy their breakfast. Now shove it in their face. Buy their breakfast. Get them some coffee. Pour it on their head, God. I bet. No. When, when I first came to this town, I want you all to understand this. In denominational circles, we, we were referred to as a cult. If you talked in tongues, you're a cult. And there was not a lot of respect for me anywhere. Oh, you're him. You're that name it, claim it, blab it, grab it guy. I am. And I'm going to tell you, I want to be loved like everybody else. And I would walk away sometimes just like, ah, God help me. But I'm not compromising truth for nobody. Now, since then, things have changed. You buy their breakfast enough, they'll start liking you. So the next month when I came in, hi, Pastor Darrell. And I even had a man walk up to me and hand me his ticket and said, buy mine again. You know what that is? That's arrogance. You know what I did? I bought it. I didn't do that for him. I did that for me. You're not getting me out of love, Jack. You're not getting me mad. God loves me. You know, I struggle with my personality. I struggle with me. You know, when I met Mary Fran, do you know that it set me free because I felt someone as crazy as me? But the anointing of God will make you bold. And if you're not bold, you don't like bold people because it shows you that you're not bold. That's good preaching. I actually tried one time to calm down. It didn't do a bit of good. But I did learn to curb it. And I got a love book out, and Mark Hankins came one time, handed it to me, and says, you really need this. <laughs> At least he loved me enough to be honest with me. I'm, and I love you enough to say the same thing to some of y'all. I mean, you really do need to work on your love one. What people are doing to you is not a reflection of you. It's a reflection of them. They have a problem. That's good news. That's good news. All right. You hear me make this statement all the time, and I want to say it again. Turning the light on did not create the roaches on your counter. You're being a light in the world is not the reason why people are having a bad day. But they blame the light. It ain't the light's fault. Clean the counter. 
Jesus said, listen to me, if they hated me without a cause, there will be people who hate you. And you need to suck it up, buttercup. There's just people who don't like you. And you didn't do a thing in the world. You didn't have anything to do with it. Quit compromising truth for everybody. You just get happy in your own skin, get full of joy, jump out, shout, shout, holler, and pray in tongues right in front of them. So I got to tell you a story. I don't want to lose you. I got to tell you a story now. When John Osteen, as a Baptist pastor, first got filled with the Holy Ghost, spoke in tongues, he got called on the carpet by the Baptist convention. And y'all remember back in the 70s that if you spoke in tongues, everybody was preaching on the radio, it was the devil. So when John Osteen gets filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, they called him into the Baptist convention. I'm, pro, I'm not an anti-Baptist. Baptists are Christians. They love the Lord. They're born again. You know, they just don't have any power. They walk everywhere. That's fine. That's good with me. I don't care. You don't want a car? You can walk. Okay, amen. So John Osteen goes into this meeting, and they all drilled him. They went around a room and drilled him. And they came to John and they said, what do you have to say about the accusations against you today? And he said, and he just sits there in the room and prays in tongues. And all of the men were madder than a hot cake. And they said, what did that prove? And he went, I don't know, but it made me feel good. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You, you just get happy in your skin. And not everybody's going to like you. You know, not everybody likes the Lord. All right, are y'all doing good? I got, I got another scripture for you. Say, I'm ready. Because you're going to pray before we go home. You're going to take some people, and you're going to give them back to God, and you're going to pray the blessings of Abraham on them, and you're going to get all that junk on you off of you. So your faith works. And you're going to learn. And when you're driving down 441 and somebody pulls in front of you, go, bless them, Lord. <laughs> Don't bless them out. Just say, I bless you in Jesus' name. You are blessed. You blessed little Yankee, go home. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> when Lisa and I went to Boston, you can lose your salvation in Boston. The people there are insane. Why they think they need to do a roundabout at 80, I have no idea. And, you, and your, your GPS can't keep up with your car. Turn here. Ah! <laughs> and then your GPS goes, wrong turn. Now you're mad at the GPS. James chapter 5, James chapter 5, James chapter 5. <laughs> Jack Hayford said something to me one time changed my life he looked at me and he said see the people as they can become I began doing that it changed my life to look at you and go you are becoming the man and the woman that God called you to be it, it helps me to see you complete in Christ. It helps me to see me 
complete in Christ. You know, the second person I've had the most trouble forgiving is me. How many of you have ever had a hard time forgiving yourself? You screw up and you just beat yourself and beat yourself and beat yourself. The other day, Lisa came home. She said, I should have done this and I should have done that and I should have done that the birthday. And I went, you did fabulous. You're never going to do anything in your life and it all be perfect. It just ain't happening. But she did a fantastic job. And I'm very proud of her. Now, I've also learned to see all the good in her, which really outweighs the few little things I don't like, which I won't mention because I forgot them. Amen. <laughs> They're not that big a deal. They really are not. Let's go to the book of James. I'm trying to find it, and I'm flipping through my Bible like crazy. Let me ask you a question before I read this. Have any, am I the only one in here that's ever had trouble with people? So I'm not just talking to the choir. I will tell you, this has probably been the single biggest hindrance to my faith. Because I, I have a temperament that says, or get off the pot. I just do. I just do. Do it right or shut up. I mean, I just am, I know, I know I'm that way. But love is patient. And it's kind. And I walk by and go, do you need roll, another roll of toilet paper? You've been in there for about two hours. You know what I mean? I just... I'm going to come over here and preach. This whole side over here, just stay over there. <laughs> I'm not the only one in here like this. Let me tell you something. I love this woman. And she's strong. And that's what I love about her. I'm glad Zach's married to her. <laughs> No, he has a great wife, but I'm sure he's had to train her a little bit. Now, Amber, Amber, just say ditto. It's true. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. James chapter 3, verse 9. No, let's read 8. No man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless God. Praise the Lord. I love you, Jesus. And with it, we curse men. You worthless dog. <laughs> Come on. Who are made in the likeness of God. Out of your mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, this ought not be so. Now, now listen, listen, to, listen to me. Just listen. It's, it's, not, it's not your prayer life that's choking you. It's everyday talk. There are things about people you don't need to talk about. You sit around Thanksgiving and you bring up old Uncle Joe. Stop. Bless Uncle Joe. And, mass, and pass the, the sweet potatoes. Leave Uncle Joe alone. And we know some so-and-so did it wrong. Leave it alone. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's true. 
I have a tendency at times to go dark. And I'll just sit around and think, that'd not be like that. That'd not do that. That no, no. And Lisa looks at me and goes, don't go dark. And I have to go. I'm a blessed man. I have a good wife. I have a good church. I have a good family. I'm blessed coming in and going out. Listen, I have a choice on what I think about and what I talk about. But I'm the one. I have to grab my brain and go, uh-uh, no, no, no. You don't go down that road. I hope I'm not the only one. I hope I'm not just preaching to me and Barbara. Actually, more Rosa, but I don't want to pick on her. You know, Mexicans can be. I knew a man one time that he was Italian. His wife was Puerto Rican. And they'd start fighting in English. And when they couldn't really get their point across, they went to Spanish. If you really can't say what you want to in Spanish, you can really say it in Italian. <laughs> they did. They fought like cats and dogs. I mean, I went. Yeah. They owned a restaurant. You could hear them in the back. I went, they're in Spanish. They ain't got going good yet. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Out of your mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, this ought not be. Who do you think that's harming? You and I. Our, our conversations during the day are doing us more harm. I want to got something I want to read to you in just a minute, and it'll bless you. I'm, I'm being serious. It really will. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter? Can a fig tree, my brother, and bear olives and grapes, bear figs? And, and spring, can a spring yield salt water and fresh? Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in meekness of wisdom. If you have bitter envy, self-seeking in your heart, don't boast, don't lie. This wisdom did not come from God. It's earthly, it's sensual, it's demonic. Where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. The sickness you're dealing with is probably you. Say amen. Say, I will change. Amen. It's a choice. Um, And it's not easy to do. This is faith. Changing the way you talk and think is faith. And it's not easy to do. I'm going to read something to you here. This will bless you. Dr. Paul Young Cho is talking to this um, neurologist. One morning, I was having breakfast with Korean's leading neurosurgeon, who is telling me various medical findings on the operation of the brain. He said, Dr. Cho, did you know that your speech center in the brain rules your nerves? You ministers have power. According to our recent finding in neurology, the speech center in the brain has total dominion over all the nerves in your body. Wow. Your speech. And I laughed and I said, I knew that long time now. <laughs> How you know that? I say, the world of neurology, new finding. I said, I learned from Dr. James. Y'all, <laughs> we have people here from China and I hope I'm not taking you off. Just, just, just leave me alone a minute. I... <laughs> Who, Dr. James? 
I have quite an imagination, though. I have to read in, I have to read in tongues. He said, he's one of the famous doctors in the Bible. Nearly 2,000 years ago, I said. And in his book, chapter 3, verse, Dr. James said, activity, importance of tongue and speech center. The neurologist was completely amazed. Does the Bible really teach about this? Yes. The tongue is the least member of the body, but it can bridle your whole body. The neurosurgeon had begun to expound their findings, and he said, the speech nerve center had such power over your body that simply speaking can give you control over your body to manipulate in the way he wishes. If someone keeps saying, I'm weak, then right away all the nerves receive the message, and they become weak. This is neurology. This is scientific. I'll tell you, I'm not doing good today. You want me to get in agreement with that? I'm just telling you how I feel. Okay, expect to get worse. Do you want pity or power? Then stop trying to get people to feel sorry for you. Why are you limping? None of your business. God, because I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out and Abraham blessed the mind. That's why I'm living. Praise, leave me alone. Just let me be normal like you. Why do you have to know everything about everybody's problems? I don't want to tell you all my problems. I don't want to tell you none of them. Do I have them? Yes, I have them. When I give them to God and I leave them alone. Well, don't ask me. Okay. Okay, let's prepare. It says, let's prepare to become weak. We have received instruction from our mental communication that we should be weak. And then in natural sequence, adjust your physical attitude to weakness. If someone says, I have no ability, I can't do this job, right away all of your nerves declare the same thing and they respond. We have just received instruction from the central nervous system saying we have no ability and we give up striving to develop any capacity for ability. We prepare ourselves to be part of an incapable person. Call yourself dumb, and you'll become. Y'all are quiet, but I want you to. I want you to. You know, self-talk is very important. Talk about others is very important. If someone keeps saying, I'm old, I'm so old, I'm tired, I can't do anything. Right away, your speech center says, you're getting old, you need to get ready to die. It's true. Nancy gave me a book called Blue Zones. I don't know how many places in the earth where people live over 100. And they went back and talked about most, you know, in Japan, and was it, where is it, Justin? Okinawa. It's nothing to see a 100-year-old woman throw a basket on her shoulders and run down the road. But they don't sit around talking about how they old. And they don't have your TV, so they don't know they're supposed to act old. Hmm? They don't have walk. They walk everywhere. Now, I say this to you if you're older. Stay out of the cart in Walmart. Walk. 
it would benefit you greatly to get the exercise. I just offended every older person in the room. Just... Now, if you need it, get your spouse to walk beside you and you get up and walk. And then if you really, really get tired, sit in it. But, but stop relying on, oh, never mind. And stop talking, thinking, acting like you're an old fogey. You're not an old fogey. You have the wisdom of God. You have the mind of Christ. Well, I can't remember nothing no more. I'm old. Shut up. You just shut your brain off. Would you just shut your brain off right now? I have the mind of Christ. I have the wisdom of God. I have a good memory in Jesus' name. If someone keeps saying, well, no, I read that, I read that. The neurosurgeon continued, the man should never retire. Oh, I'm retiring. Well, that's the day you start dying. Unless you find something to do. Once a man retires, he keeps repeating, I'm retired. And all the nerves start responding and become less active and gets him ready for a quick death. Now, that's a neurosurgeon. Jesus already told us that. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to wrap this up. I got a lot more to do. It's 12.01. I want, I want, can I talk about next Sunday for a minute? There's another issue you got to face. It's called fear. Job said, the thing I greatly feared has come. You go home and hide in your house from COVID if you want to. But you are going to get it. Now, I'm not saying that it's not real. I'm not saying that. And I'm not. I'm going to say this to you. Stop living in fear. Bible says fear not. Train yourself not to allow your mind to go downhill. Turn the television Turn all the prophets. If you're listening to a prophet and you're scared, it isn't God. I'm going to close with this. I wake up in the morning. When I get out in the morning, I say, my God meets all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And greater is he who's inside of me than he who is in this world. I am blessed coming in, and I am blessed going out, and Abraham's blessings are mine. God loves me as much as he does the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, if nobody's going to say anything good to me, I'm going to say something good to me. And then I begin praying, Father, I thank you I have a good wife. She loves the Lord. The love of God is shed abroad in her heart. She's a good woman. She's wise. She's capable. And she's awesome. You need to pray over your spouse. Now, my children, they all serve the Lord. They're all blessed coming in. They hear from God. They walk with God in Jesus' name. Nothing will happen to me today that you and I will not be able to handle. My best days are ahead of me. Jesus is Lord. Learn to use your mouth. Learn, use it wisely. You are going to go in the direction 
of your dominant thought and your talk. Wow. Am I doing all right? Right now, I want to do something because I, I know this. If you came in here this morning, you probably had somebody do you wrong. If you have, are you willing to lay it at the altar right now and walk away from it and leave it with God? Because it'll eat you up. It'll eat your lunch. Don't allow it in you. Don't allow a drop of animosity toward anybody in you. When people do you wrong, you pray until you fall in love with them. I've had people that did me wrong. And I prayed until I fell in love with them. The love of God in me rose up. And I was able to see them the way God sees them. And it freed me from the problem. Father, they don't know what they're doing. Bless them. Help them out. You have no idea the liberty this has brought in my life. I've had several times when the doctor said I didn't have long to live. I'm going to tell you where I went. Right there. Lay in the hospital and just praying for people I don't like. And get up off the bed and go home healed. great idea are y'all ready now I don't want you to make up stuff you know you know you know I mean you're like I know but from this day forward train yourself to talk train your mouth train your mouth father I I stood up this morning in front of your church this is your church people you love people I love And I realize we have an enemy. We have an enemy. And he'd like nothing better than to take us out. And we're not going to let him. I will not allow him in my soul. I will not allow him in my mind. I will not allow him in my life. Father, I realize he's used people. And many of the people, they're ignorant. They didn't know any better. And I'm going to do like you did on the cross. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And I choose to bless them. I want you to do this right now. I want you to pray over people. And just say, Father God, I choose to bless them in the name of Jesus. I speak life over them. I speak blessing over them in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a story in Dr. Cho's book. There was a man during Vietnam War who went off to war. He's a Vietnamese and went off to war and he sent his money home to his wife. Every week he sent his paycheck home to his wife. When he got out of the war, he thought his wife would greet him and came home, found out she had run off with another man and spent all of his money. And he became bitter. Within a month, he had tuberculosis and he was dying. It'll kill you. It'll kill you. So he went to Dr. Cho and said, I'm going to kill her and myself. He said, don't do it. Forgive her. He went, no. I mean, he really had a fight. He said, why don't you become a born-again Christian, give your heart to Jesus, and let Jesus turn your life around and just bless her. It it took him a while. But he said, I'm ready to do this. And he gave his heart to the Lord. He got right with God. And then he began to pray over the woman who had done him wrong. He said he got so free. God got him a business, started making a lot of money. And it turned out that his first wife came back. God turned his whole life around. And he came back to Dr. Cho and said, I'm actually glad it happened because now I'm a born-again man. 
and I love Jesus and I'm full of God and I'm on my way to heaven. Let me tell you something. Turn whatever's happened to you. Turn it around. Don't allow it to rule you. I understand that not everybody in this room is running around upset. How many of y'all would admit it, it's happened? It's, you've, you've had to deal with this. The very people you poured life into sometimes are the ones that hurt you the most. That's probably the hardest thing to deal with. Let it go. Father, we just turn it loose now. Just let it go. We ask you to bless these people. We ask you to forgive them. And we realize that right now that our faith in you can take us places not dependent on what, what other people think or do. And I just turn it over to you in Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text... 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.